So welcome back to She Writes, presented by Clarence Catherine. We have been having a robust conversation on social media over at She Writes 1957 on both Instagram and Twitter. You all have bombarded me with questions. Where is King? How did we get here? Where are we going? Um, So many thoughts on Michael. So much love to see Candace doing well. Some of you question, is she really doing well? So I am absolutely enjoying this conversation. Hopefully chapter four, give you all some answers to your questions, as well as a preview to where we are going. So sit back, relax, and let's dig in. Chapter four, mergers and acquisitions. Little was known of Solomon Jones. He made waves in the cybersecurity industry when he closed a multi-billion dollar deal, securing the rights of two patents and taking his place in a field of giants. Mr. Jones moved in silence. All of his dealings were private and he held an airtight camp, which was instrumental in him orchestrating major deals. Mr. Jones was considered more than a man, but a business with a net worth exceeding over $800 million. Many were whispering that he had already crossed the billionaire threshold, and this deal was sure to announce his entry in such an elite club. The deal closed as planned, and all of the analysts on every major news circuit prepared to pull an all-nighter to measure the response of both Shanghai, Hong Kong, Japan, and all of the global stock exchanges. Candace and Mr. Jones closed the deal with a handshake and to an exuberant cheer from both their teams. Now that business was taken care of, everyone looked forward to the celebration to be held at tonight's gala. Candace rushed to her office to change and had her assistant to phone Michael's office to see what time she could expect his arrival. Haley informed Candace that Michael was in a meeting that was running over, and she was reassured by Michael's assistant that her message would be delivered promptly after his meeting. She knew this was not what Candace wanted to hear, but Candace would never let it show. So Haley said a silent prayer to the universe, begging, pleading for Michael to arrive on time. The gala was a black tie event and Candace dressed in a delicate chiffon gown custom made by Sergio Hudson in a room full of suits. Candace always made her presence known. She lit up the room and made everyone feel as though they had a close connection with each embrace and handshake. Candace had a way with people and it had served her well in a world that she now led. The gala was a big event to honor Candace's work in the global market. Leaders from all over attended and praised Candace for closing a deal of a lifetime. Michael, on the other hand, arrived 45 minutes late to the compliments and grandeur of being Candace's better half. When Candace went up to accept her award for the evening, her speech was filled with praise of her team and to Michael all the support he gave in making this day a reality. She spoke of his drive and work ethic, 
that inspired her to always operate at a place of excellence. Michael soaked in all the praise. His ego was so big that it needed a table of his own. After her speech, Michael stood at the end of the stage to assist her down the steps. As he guided her to their table, he gave her a soft kiss on the cheek, pulled out her chair, and then sat next to her. Their table was filled with powerful players, with the likes of the President's Secretary of Labor and Energy, the Governor of New York and her Economic Development Chair, as well as the Prime Minister of Tokyo and members of his cabinet. After exchanging pleasantries with the guests at her table, Candace excused herself to the ladies' room. Michael thrived in moments like these and never shied away from an opportunity to seek out new business ventures. The guests hung on Michael's every word as they eagerly sought an entry point into his family's business ventures. Michael hardly noticed when Candace left the table. He was so busy sizing up the governor and the secretary of energy. Michael laid out the bait and he knew they would be sure to bite. Solomon Jones saw Candace exit the ballroom. He got up from his table and guessed and followed her out of the room. Candace was several yards ahead of him, and he picked up the pace to a swift jog to catch up with her. As Candace extended her hand to reach the restroom doors, she heard the words that made her melt in her traps. Lady, I waited a lifetime to see you again. Candace composed herself and took a deep breath. As I recall, King, you never did well with waiting, she stated coldly before turning around to face King Solomon Jones. So I know that was a cliffhanger and you all are probably yelling, wait, that was too short. They didn't give us enough. But it was just enough to give you a glimpse into both Lady and King's potential past as well as their potential future but you're probably still wondering so what led up to this moment you will have to join me next week as we dig into both chapter five please stay and chapter six love is but in the meantime you know the drill join me over on social media at she writes 1957 and let's discuss on both ig and twitter what are your thoughts on Lady and King, 25 plus years in the future, what do you think happened in the past? And what do you think is going to come of this new business venture? I cannot wait for the commentary and the questions as well as the debates. And I will see you all next week here to see what happens in Chapter 5 and Chapter 6. See you soon.